Coming up on the WAC Podcast History, we have five new schools joining the Western Athletic Conference. You're right, Eric. Five new schools, four coming from the state of Texas, one in Utah, and football is actually going to be coming into the WAC way sooner than I think we originally thought. Plus, it's Martin Luther King Day. So, Eric, happy Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, it's a holiday, and uh, we're going to talk with the commissioner of the WAC, Jeff Hurd, and we're going to talk basketball. A loaded show ahead on the WAC Podcast. Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil. What's going on, everybody? Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil coming at you from our homes. We're still staying COVID safe and everything like that. Eric, we had huge news last week, though, with the WAC expanding. Yeah, WAC expansion happening this past <laughs> week, and there was a big press conference in Houston. We we were teasing it, as we say in the biz, a uh, big announcement coming up, and it seemed like the, the cat was out of the bag before the, the announcement, but uh, five new schools joining the Western Athletic Conference, four in the state of Texas, plus Southern Utah. It changes the entire complexion of the WAC and really puts us in a great position in a number of different sports, Rachel. Evelyn Christian, Lamar, Sam Houston State, Southern Utah, and Stephen Austin State all joining the WAC. Like you said, those five schools, you were actually able to be at the press conference, Eric. What was it, the experience like? Well, I, I was there to do the live streaming, Rachel, and, and it was very, very exciting. I mean, the complex there at Energy Stadium where we had the press conference is, of course, the home of the Houston Texans. Great facility. They hosted the Final Four. They've hosted the Super Bowl. They're going to host another Final Four in a couple of years. The Astrodome is right there, which I wasn't aware that that was still in existence. And then we were actually in a separate building kind of across the street from the stadium as well. And the uh, the rodeo is there in uh, in Houston, and it's a huge deal. I know we've been there for the swimming and diving championships for the WAC. At the same time, the rodeo's there. You can't get a hotel in town because that's where it's happening. So a very big time event. Everything's bigger in Texas. That's what they say. And everything (laughs) truly was. We had a lot of media presence there, uh, particularly from the state of Houston or from the city of Houston, but from the state of Texas. So much interest, Rachel. I know you were monitoring a lot of our social media during that time as well. And it really exploded like we haven't seen maybe ever. Yeah, I was like in complete shock as soon as it went live. You know, I watched that video go out and you see it tick and it's like four seconds, five seconds. And then the notifications started flooding in for all of the messages. And so many people were excited, like you kind of mentioned. People I think knew, but weren't exactly sure all the details. And so when those started coming out, a lot of people got excited. A lot of people started reaching out to the WAC to see like what's going to look like, where are games going to be shown right away. So I was happy to be able to say, you know, hopefully most of them are on the WAC Digital Network, if not ESPN Plus or wherever we'll be streaming. So tons to be excited about, though. And one of those things is football is back yeah. in the WAC. Yeah, and it could be back sooner than we expected because one of the things that came out right about the time we're making the announcement is that the four Texas schools, as you mentioned, Abilene Christian, Lamar, Sam Houston State, and Stephen F. Austin State University, they're all uh, going to be joining the wagon. It looks like July 1st of 2021 this year. We're going to get more in detail on that, Rachel, in our next segment when we interview uh, the commissioner of the WAC, Jeff Hurd. But all four of those schools are at the FCS level in football, joining Tarleton and Dixie, 
who are also at that same level. New Mexico State, by the way, they're staying FBS. That is the plan for the Aggies. So possibly even as soon as July, we're going to have football in the whack when we haven't had it since 2012. And that was the last major shakeup in the whack when we lost uh, some of those schools like Boise State and Fresno State. But uh, now football is back. And not only is it back, Rachel, these are really good schools in football. I mean, we have potential to compete for national championships at the FCS level with these schools. It's going to be so much fun. I know I honestly never expected in a million years to see football back in the whack. And here we are, we're like eight months away from possibly the beginning of the season. I cannot wait, but we mentioned football, but there's actually a lot of other things that bringing these schools on definitely help with. And that's a possibility of maybe two bids even for basketball. Yeah, Rachel, when you look at the basketball standings in the Southland right now where the four Texas schools are in Southern Utah. Let me back up just a bit. Southern Utah and football has also won the big sky mm-hmm. conference. So they're also a, a power in football at the FCS level. So when they join in, it looks like they're joining in July of 22. That's going to strengthen the football conference even more, but uh, getting back to men's basketball, Stephen F. Austin, they beat Duke last year. I mean, that was one of the biggest upsets of the season. They're going to be in the whack. Sam Houston State, Abilene Christian, those are the top three teams in the Southland right now. Again, early in the season, but very good news for WAC fans who want to see a very good uh, basketball conference and a possibility of two bids. Who knows, Rachel, maybe even more. We'll keep our fingers crossed, all right? Maybe even more. Another sport, though, that we could see a possible powerhouse, baseball. Baseball and the Southland is definitely a powerhouse in baseball. Sam Houston State, Abilene Christian, uh, Stephen F. Austin. These are all very good baseball schools, Lamar. And having more of a warm weather footprint, if you will, with the addition of these schools and sports like baseball, golf, tennis, where you can play year round in Texas to go along with Grand Canyon and California Baptist, New Mexico State. And uh, even, you know, Dixie State, Southern Utah, uh, Dixie, uh, of course, is uh, much warmer weather, you know, than people might expect. Utah Valley, also a nice place. Don't forget Seattle U. But the addition of these schools and those quote unquote warm weather spring sports is really going to help the WAC as well in terms of competition. And we talk with Commissioner Jeff heard about this later on in the next segment, too. But Chicago State has announced its departure from the WAC and they will be moving forward. What does that mean? I mean, we talk a little bit about warm weather, right? If you've been to Chicago in the winter, you know it's a, definitely a chilly place. What does it mean for the WAC to have them now leaving? Well, and, and we wish them well. Chicago State's been a, mm-hmm. an integral member of the WAC since they joined and, and really helped the WAC stay together for the last eight years. Uh, but in terms of geography, now that we're seeing this expansion to the Southwest and another school in Utah, it's, it's really tough to keep Chicago in that mix in terms of travel. So I'm sure they're, they're in the, on the lookout for a conference that'll be closer for them geographically. We noticed that in non-conference play in basketball before the season was shut down. All their games were in Illinois this year, and there's a lot of schools in Illinois. So hopefully Chicago State can find a new conference that's a better fit for them. But uh, part of that departure, Rachel, is we're also going to be looking for a 14th member in the WAC once all this is uh, the dust settles, if you will, and uh, even potentially another school in Texas, because the way it's looking now is you'd have a seven-team division. Uh, we're calling the West Division, which is most of the existing schools plus Southern Utah, 
And then the other division would be the Southwest Division, which would mainly be the Texas Division, the four new schools, plus Tarleton and UTRGV, and then this uh, mystery member as of right now. And we will talk with Jeff Kurt about that to see maybe if he has any idea of who could possibly fit in that spot. But another thing to mention, too, real quick before we take a break is that Chicago State will be staying in through this next season and they will make their departure in the 21-22 season. But now we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we are going to have the commissioner of the Western Athletic Conference, Jeff Hurd. We would like to thank our sponsors of the WAC podcast, Hercules Tires and Adidas. Now back to Eric and Rachel. Welcome back to the WAC podcast. As promised, we are joined by the commissioner of the Western Athletic Conference, Jeff Hurd. Uh, Jeff, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you, Eric. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> yeah, it is a pleasure. And there was a big press conference on Thursday, Jeff. And you mentioned you've been in the conference for many, many years. And that could be the biggest day ever in your uh, professional experience. Uh, now you've had a few days. Do you, do you still feel that way? Yeah, I do, Eric. You know, when I was preparing some notes for, for last Thursday, I actually my original comment was going to be that, that it was among the best. And I thought about that and I said, you know what, it's not among the best, it is the best or the most significant. Uh, the most, um, as I, I think the, the proper term would be, it's historic. It really is for this conference, for the impact it has on the conference, both short and long-term. What does this mean for the stability of the WAC? Well, it certainly, it certainly puts us in a much better position than we were in prior to uh, the admission of, of, the, um, of the five institutions. You know, there's never a guarantee of anything as we've learned through the years, but it puts us in a much better position. It strengthens us from a number of ways. And, and primarily it makes us uh, more financially sustainable as a conference. It makes some sense of our geography, the ability, the ability to create divisions and to create conference play and divisional setups only prior to conference championships, I think is a huge move. Um, you know, it strengthens our basketball uh, overall. It gives us football under our umbrella again, which opens up other channels from media rights standpoints and uh, just makes us more whole as a conference. And I believe creates a very solid foundation as we move forward. We're talking with Jeff Hurd, commissioner of the Western Athletic Conference. You mentioned football, Jeff, but uh, also, uh, basketball, and that was talked a lot about at the press conference, that this could potentially be a two-bid league, uh, given the strength of the schools coming in and the strength of the schools already in the whack. Yeah, no question about it. This move, uh, I, I think it was a little bit, at the beginning, many people thought this was a football-inspired move, and while I think football is a benefit of it, and I certainly wanted to have football back under the whack umbrella, it's as much about basketball and other team sports and other individual sports, both on the men's and women's side, as it is anything, we uh, we have strengthened the conference in in all of the now 20 championship sports that we're going to sponsor. Um, and I think, uh, you know, from an NCAA standpoint, NCAA strength, NCAA tournament standpoint, and other sports, again, we we are put ourselves in a much better position to be a multi-bid conference uh, in not only basketball but also other sports. Six schools now from Texas. I was monitoring all the social pages during the announcement. I swear 50% of Texas followed us because they were all so excited. So what does it mean to have six schools in Texas? Well, I think the, the couple of things, one right off the bat, one of the things it does for us is helps create uh, rivalries and not create rivalries. It's just re renew rivalries that have 
already been in place uh, in their previous conference. And, uh, and to have a, a multi number of schools in one state uh, creates more interest throughout the state rather than just in pockets. So I think that's, that's, a, that's a big advantage of that. We have a similar situation in Utah, not quite the same numbers, but with three Utah institutions now in the conference, uh, you know, we have more situations where fans are able to drive to the opposing, uh, you know, whatever the op opponent might be for a given sport on a given weekend. Uh, it creates uh, just more interest uh, statewide and conference-wide now that you have rivalries that are going to be um, uh, front and center as we move into conference play. Jeff, we had that press conference in Houston at NRG Stadium, a place I had not had the opportunity to go before. You mentioned that you'd been there for the Final Four. They hosted a Super Bowl, and what a complex that is. The, the Astrodome, I had no idea, was still in existence right across the street as part of that complex. But one of the reasons to have it there, obviously, with the four new Texas schools, Southern Utah also coming in, but uh, their uh, proximity to Houston and the fact the Battle of the Piney Woods football game is played there every year between Stephen F. Austin State and Sam Houston State, and they draw more than 25,000 fans per year to that game. It's really a big deal in that particular area. Well, it's a huge deal in that area. And as, as everybody knows, football and Texas are pretty synonymous. Synonymous, yes. Uh, and... <laughs> You know, the, I, think, I thought the setting, Eric, and you, you alluded to this, was perfect uh, because not just that particular game, but also there are college bowl games that are played there. There are other college games played in, in that uh, facility. The NCAA basketball Final Four was there four years ago. It's going to be there again in two more years. Uh, so that add, adds some more, another element to the location of our press conference that's uh, pertinent to our conference. Uh, but just the... The level of interest in the state and the level of interest that was indicated, you know, by the number of people at the press conference, I thought was outstanding and uh, really look forward to, as we move, as we move on here and we start actually starting football now a year earlier than we had anticipated. Uh, so, you know, we're right now trying to figure out, we're going to put a schedule together here pretty quickly. What can you tell us about the timetable for these new schools now that you say that? Well, this our expansion with the with the four Texas schools will begin now uh, with the 21-22 season for all sports. Uh, Utah, Southern Utah will will remain in the Big Sky Conference for the 21-22 season, but because the Southland Conference made a decision to uh, to hasten the exits of the the four members there, uh, we have you know we're we're going to bring them on, on board and with the WAC, effective in 21-22. Now that's gonna take uh, some time and getting schedules put together. And, and obviously we have, to, we have to blow up the ones we have right now and then and create some new ones, but you know, th that will be done. Uh, there's gonna be some, uh, there's no time to rest, I guess is the best way to put it. We're gonna be putting a lot of time and effort into getting things uh, underway, beginning uh, with the football season in, in September early September of this fall. Yeah, pretty amazing. It'll be starting that quickly. We're talking to Jeff Hurd, Commissioner of the Western Athletic Conference. And Jeff, along with the, the announcement of the five new schools, Chicago State did announce their departure effective uh, July of 22. And, and there's also been talk that the WAC is going to be looking actively for a 14th member. Can you shed some light on those two subjects? 
Well, yes, Chicago State uh, will be leaving the conference after the 21-22 season. Uh, we leave, they'll be leaving on good terms and you know, we wish them the best and we'll do what we can to help them find another home. Uh, but relative to the, um, uh, the 14th member or, or in essence, a seventh member of the, of the, what we're calling now the Southwest Division, uh, we, are, we, were, we are seeking that, that uh, additional member. We don't feel a sense of, a sense of urgency to it, uh, Eric, uh, but we are uh, vetting some institutions and we will uh, sit down at some point with the, with the new, newly configured conference and determine what we think is in the best interest. Now that, in a perfect world, that, that seventh member or 14th member, depending on how you look at it, would be one that's geographically compatible uh, with the six, test, uh, the six Texas institutions that we have. And it could mean another Texas school. It could mean, you know, one that's uh, in close proximity from a travel standpoint. We just don't know yet. We need to see what, what our options are and whether that's a, another Division I institution or if it's a Division II institution uh, that wants to transition. You know, a lot of questions to be answered. Uh, but again, we don't, I don't feel a sense of urgency at the same time. Uh, you know, we're not going to let this go too long before we make that decision. Jeff, thanks for hopping on the podcast with us. As always, it's an honor to sit down and chat with you and congratulations on the huge announcement as well. Well, thank you. A lot of people were involved in it, Rachel. And, uh, you know, it's, you don't do something like this with one person. You do it with, a, with everybody. And I really, as I said this at the press conference, I'll say it again, without the cooperation, without the collaboration, without the support of all 13 presidents involved in this and all 13 athletic directors, this couldn't have happened. And I, uh, as I look forward to, you know, the, the new year, uh, that's going to be a critical element to the success of, of our expansion. All right, that is Jeff Hurd, Commissioner of the Western Athletic Conference. When we come back, we're going to talk WAC basketball on the WAC podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for over 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back into the WAC podcast. Great conversation there with Jeff Hurd, but like you said, Eric, it's now time to talk some basketball. Let's start with Utah Valley and Seattle U. Utah Valley 3-0 so far, and what a matchup that was on Friday night. Yeah, that was probably the best game we've seen of the young season. J.J. Overton, it's a big shot to send the game into overtime. And Seattle U led much of that contest, and the Redhawks have a really good team. But as we mentioned last week, Rachel, Utah Valley is a team that had a really tough non-conference schedule and has really seemed to step up things here in conference play. So they win that one in overtime by a final of 93 to 92. Now, the unfortunate thing, again, living in the area of COVID, uh, there was a positive test the following day. And unfortunately, that Saturday game was canceled because that looked like it was going to be another great game. Oh, it was so much fun to watch on Friday night. And yeah, I was bummed Saturday's match was our game was also canceled. But Fardos Amac for Utah Valley Center, he was the one who earned Ticket Smarter Player of the Week this year, and it is so rightly deserved. 29 points, 14 rebounds in that overtime win. Uh, yeah, and it's his eighth double-double of the season. He continues to impress. He seems to be getting 
better and better as the season goes along. That, that was a career high, 29 points for him. The 14 rebounds mm-hmm. actually below his average now, uh, which was at 15. He also added four block shots in that win. And they also had the big plays, not only from J.J. Overton to send it into overtime, but then Trey Woodbury buries the three with about five seconds to go, winds up being the game winner for Utah Valley. So they're getting a lot of contributions. Evan Cole uh, had some uh, spectacular dunks as well as as he seems to do every single game. And, and that team seems to be rolling along. But Seattle U is also a very fun team to watch. And it'll be interesting to see, Rachel, if we see these two teams match up in Mike Vegas in a few weeks. It will definitely be. Yeah. Seven weeks, Eric. I'm counting down the days. I'm ready for Wack <laughs> Vegas to, to get rolling. Uh, now, Eric, let's talk about GCU for a quick second. Two sports in our top 10 plays on ESPN. They were going off this past weekend. Rachel, I don't know if I've ever seen two Sports Center top 10 plays, at least in the whack, on back to back nights. And they were very deserving both plays. GCU bringing in Bethesda to play this past weekend as Chicago State was supposed to be their original opponent. Of course, they, they've opted out for the rest of the season, but it looked like the Harlem Globetrotters playing against the Washington Generals. I was expecting some of the players to get a bucket of confetti and throw it out by the end of the game. They were just having so much fun and on Friday night, it was Javon Blackshear with the alley-oop dunk to Sean Miller-Moore, who, uh, as they say, Rachel, caught a body on his way to the basket. That was the Sports Center number seven top play. Then the following night, Jaden Stone, the Aussie, going off the backboard to Gabe McLaughlin, the uh, first-year transfer for the Lopes, getting the dunk there. And uh, that was the number three play on Sports Center. So, Rachel, it was a very tough choice to figure out uh, which one should be nominated for WAC top play. Considered uh, nominating both, but uh, Trey Woodbury's shot uh, to win the game Uh, for Utah Valley figured deserves some consideration as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. Well, the Lopes will play Dixie State this weekend in our WAC Spotlight game on ESPN+. And uh, John Judkins from Dixie is going to be joining us on the road to WAC Vegas. So excited to have Coach on with us this week. And the Trailblazers, man. They took a chin at UTRGV, <laughs> 82 to 49. Yeah, they they played uh, against New Mexico on Wednesday night at home, lost that game, but it was a pretty competitive game. And then they mm-hmm. go down to UTRGV and the Vaqueros, man, they were just raring to go. And, and a big part of that, Rachel, Javon Levi is back. And what a difference he makes on that team. And he was out for almost a month. Didn't have a whole lot of practices, but you would have never known watching the game. And he just runs the show there. And they're just a different team with Javon Levi on the floor. Yes, they absolutely are. And the Vicaros swept that series over the weekend. They got their second win at 72 to 65. Now, one series that I thoroughly enjoyed watching this weekend was CBU and Tarleton. And although I feel like the score doesn't really show it, it was close games. Uh, that's for sure. Especially Saturday night's game. I enjoyed watching, but yeah. Uh, 83-74 at night one, 73-67. Uh, the Lancers were supposed to play Chicago State, and they will host Vanguard on Saturday for this upcoming week. But Rick Croy and his team, you know, they had a little bit of that COVID scare with Coach Croy. Wasn't exactly sure what their schedule was going to look like. They end up playing, and then they go on this weekend. And they, they gave Tarleton a good game, that's for dang sure. Yeah, the Texans are a tough team. They're, they're tough out, as they say. They played Grand Canyon the week before. And, and hung with Grand Canyon in both of those games. Those, of course, were in Stephenville. Then they go to CBU, and they were right there with CBU as well. And, and you figure, as the season goes along, uh, Billy Gillespie's 
team is starting to get to figure things out, but they're just uh, having a tough time getting over that hump, maybe getting that big road win or that big win against a GCU type of team. We saw early in the year, they almost beat Texas A&M. They're a very talented team. And, and as the years go along, they're definitely going to be a team to watch Rachel in uh, maybe even next year, two, three years uh, for the WAC championship. They are definitely a lot of fun to watch. And another team that is a lot of fun to watch when they get to play is New Mexico State. But unfortunately, the Aggies, both men and women, have decided to pause their program for the time being. We've all been wanting to see the Aggies hit the court. We saw the women hit the court this past weekend. But let's talk for the men. Hopefully, in the near future, we'll see them out there. We're just completely unsure. And they're still on the road. Uh, There was some uh, talk Mm -hmm. that they might be able to return to Las Cruces and at least practice there uh, with some uh, restrictions being uh, changed from the governor there in New Mexico. Uh, They would still not be able to play there. So hopefully in the near future, those things will uh, sort themselves out and hopefully they stay safe. And uh, it's just so unfortunate, Rachel, that would have been such a good matchup against UTRGV this upcoming week. And I know Chris Jan's very frustrated uh, as as he should be. And I imagine the whole team there. And it's just, you got to feel for those kids that have been uh, living in a hotel for uh, a couple of months now and only have really three games to show for it. The New Mexico State women in the same boat, Rachel, they're also on pause, but they did get two games in. They moved their games up with GCU, originally supposed to be at the end of the month. Both teams were at a bye this week, so they decided to play this week, and they look pretty good. I mean, we haven't seen a whole lot in New Mexico State. They played GCU. We've seen a lot of so far this year, and they split the series. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed watching both of those games. Brooke Atkinson's team came out and they were ready to fight and they were ready to prove that they belong in the WAC. Uh, It was such a good game. It really did come down to the wire. And then Saturday too, same thing, but Coach Molly Miller's team able to bounce back and get it done there. I cannot wait for WAC Vegas just to hopefully see both of these teams take on the court again together. I that's my fingers crossed that we'll see that matchup again because it was so much fun. I can't even imagine it in the atmosphere of WAC Vegas. And both of those teams, yeah, it could wind up being the WAC champion. It's hard to, uh, you know, say, but uh, I guess the team to beat right now for the WAC championship, Rachel, would be those California Baptist Lancers, 12 and 0, best record in the entire country. And what we talk about these teams like New Mexico State men have only played three games. CBU, that the light's been shining on them, that uh, they've gotten 12 games in already and they've won all 12. Yeah, they haven't. They played Tarleton, who they beat 70 to 60, and then in the second game, 89 to 66. They're on a roll. And then they're supposed to play Chicago State this week. Uh, we haven't seen much of Chicago State, so we'll see if hopefully that game ends up happening and maybe the Lancers will continue their win streak or maybe Chicago State will show up and really surprise everybody. In that second game against Tarleton, I was watching that, Rachel, and Tarleton went on an 11-0 run to start the game, and I was thinking, oh, this this might be it. Maybe the win streak comes to an end, and it, like, made them mad. It, like, they poked the bear uh, of CBU, <laughs> and they have so many different ways they can beat you. They can go down low to Brittany Thomas. Of course, Ani Oleda can drive and dish, or she can shoot from the outside. They have several players on the perimeter. They have players that can come off the bench and score. They can play tough defense. And Jared Olson's club, but man, they are looking really tough right now. Well, Utah Valley swept uh, Seattle U over the weekend, 66 to 56 in the first game, and then 78 to 66. And they have the Ticket Smarter Player of the Week in Josie Williams. 
Josie Williams, one of those uh, nice post players, six foot five junior for Utah Valley. In the first week, they lost those two games to CBU. And as we're seeing, there's no shame in that uh, right now. And then they respond by beating Seattle U in back to back games. The Red Hawks aren't a bad squad either, Rachel. So they're, it's going to be a fun whack Vegas, that's for sure. But Utah Valley uh, definitely can compete with uh, pretty much anybody in the conference. Yes, they can, and they will host Park University on Friday. Now, UTRGV, the Vaqueros for the women, they're supposed to be at Dixie. Dixie, of course, paused the rest of their season and will no longer be playing, so instead, they're going to go to Southern Utah, a member we've talked a lot about in these last <laughs> this last week, Eric. Yeah, new WAC member, and they actually played Sunday night, lost that one. We're taping the show on Monday afternoon here, so they play again Monday night, so kudos to Lane Lord for getting a couple of games in. You figure it's pretty much the same travel that he would have gone to Dixie. It's only 40 miles away to go to Cedar City and visit the uh, Thunderbirds of, of St. Of, uh, Southern Utah, not St. George. Uh, that's going to be a great rivalry between those two, as we talked about a little bit in that first segment, uh, some of the rivalries that are going to be renewed and, and continued as we go into the new whack. And then we will see Tarleton at Seattle U this week. I have a feeling this is going to be a really, really good matchup. You know, we talked a lot about Whack Vegas, and I think this game will give us another feel for maybe some other competition that we'll see in Vegas in just a few short weeks. Yeah, and, and hopefully we get all these games in as we say each week on the show, Rachel. It's subject mm -hmm. to change. Seattle U men, as we mentioned, that last that's uh, second game they weren't able to play. So obviously their uh, weekend is in doubt if it's not already canceled uh, for this mm -hmm. week uh, with that positive test. And don't know how it affects the other programs on campus since, you know, so you figure student athletes might uh, be in closer contact with one another, maybe than some other students on campus. But hopefully Seattle U gets those games in. By the way, uh, ESPN Plus now uh, carrying those Seattle U games, and they're doing a great job. Eric Mura, the, uh, the video director out there, doing a great job, and just want to give a, a shout out to him for doing a great job. And uh, the Red Hawks and Texans will both be looking for their first wins, and they look uh, like pretty competitive teams. So somebody, uh, somebody's going to get uh, some wins and somebody might uh, come out of there 0 and 3, 0 and 4. Yeah, we will see. I look forward to that this upcoming weekend. And Eric, we talked a little bit about the plays of the week, top plays of the week. Give me the lowdown. Who do you <laughs> think is going to win this week? It's hard to beat GCU uh, when they get the fan base going. Uh, so, and plus it's a pretty spectacular play. I mean, an in-game off the backboard alley-oop slam dunk and, Gabe McLaughlin, you know, has a little sauce on it too. So it was, it was a, a really good play. And of course, number three on Sports Center, and they also named it the, I think it was the Saturday's best assist of the day. Yeah, both are good. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing which fan base can really show up there. But Eric, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the WAC Podcast. Lots of fun talking the WAC expansion, but also basketball and having Commissioner Jeffford on with us. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at waxsports.com.